Hello, guys. Welcome to my new podcast, In My Non-Expert Opinion, formerly known as Oh My Pod. And you're probably wondering why the name change. I did love Oh My Pod, but fun backstory. There was another Oh My Pod that existed before I even started mine, and it was around for a while. And you're probably thinking, well, then why did you name it that? Well, I knew it when I started, but being in a creative vortex, as I like to call it, I get in this headspace where I just want to go, 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 go. I bought my mic. I bought my recorder. I thought of the name. I made the logo really quick. I was just so ready to start because I finally had that fire under my ass that I was waiting for for like a year. So I just named it Oh My Pod, and I figured that putting my name with Chelsea Rife, like Oh My Pod with Chelsea Rife would differentiate it. Obviously, looking back, I probably would have changed a few things, but the other one does discuss totally different topics. The thing is, they're doing things right because they've been around for years and post consistently. They have hundreds of episodes, and because of that, they own a lot of the different social handles and domains. So, like I said, looking back, I should have considered that a little bit more, but this is all part of launching something and adjusting and learning. So, as I was thinking about the expansion, of this podcast, I didn't want to confuse my listeners with trying to navigate all the different ways to find it, trying to find social channels, domains, etc. So I figured, let me just give this a little facelift. So the new name, in my non-expert opinion, actually came from a conversation with my mom. I had been brainstorming names for a few weeks with tons of different people. I asked my Instagram following. I was asking my friends at work. People were trying to make it rhyme with my last name and my first name and a, a ton of different things, and I didn't really want my name totally in it. So I was at lunch with my mom, and we were just discussing options, and she said, in my non-expert opinion or non-experts or something similar, and I was like, wait, this is the aha moment that I was waiting for. And I knew it was a little longer than I wanted, but it just felt right. Like, this is it. And I feel like when you know, you know, it just made sense. And if you think about it, I have experts on, not all the time, and I'm no certified expert in anything. So to use my platform and share personal experiences and opinions, why not just call it in my non-expert opinion? So this is where the name came from. And then after working with a branding consultant to try and find out, okay, let's make this a little more clear on what my purpose is, what my vision is, like, why am I doing this? We really figured out what we wanted it to be about. So then I actually uh, uh, hired a photographer and a designer and a sound editor to start really bringing this all to life. So now I'm so excited. I, I love the new name, the branding, the content coming out. I think you guys will like it too. So I am just ready to fully dive into in my non-expert opinion. Up next, something I'm working on is my sound. I do a lot of remote interviews. I'm in the central Florida area and there's not a lot of podcasters here just hanging out. So I, I reach out to a lot of people in bigger markets and I'm really working on a way to make them sound more high quality. So if anyone has advice, DM me or you can reach out to my new email, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. I would actually like to start offering my non-expert opinion on listener topics and questions. So I'd love to hear from you guys via email. And of course you can DM me at my Instagram at Chelsea Rife, R-I-F-F-E. And I want to start including a segment with different topics and questions. So without further ado, let's hear from this week's guest under the new name, Alexandria Gillio or at Alex Gill on Instagram. She is a global campaign and makeup artist who has overcome a series of tragedies, usually visualization, manifestation, and lots of wellness and self-care to get where she is today. She's actually worked with some of the biggest brands and makeup artists in the industry, including Sephora, Ulta, Makeup by Mario, Philosophy, and more. We had such an amazing conversation that we split this up into two parts. And part one is all about her backstory and how she really got into the health, wellness, and beauty world using different tools like manifestation to shape her reality. So with that, let's dive in. Okay, guys, I'm here in New York, and what a time to be here. It's the kickoff of summer. My makeup is sweating off. I have no idea how to fix it, but luckily, I have makeup artist Alex Gillio here with me. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. You have the most listener questions I've ever seen. I asked my audience what questions you have. I got about 20 different questions, makeup, wellness, but more than that, I want to go beyond the surface. Like we see on your Instagram, you talk about manifestation, oh, your yeah. struggles, 
this wasn't an easy road for you at all. No, it wasn't. And it's so interesting because if one of the things that happened to you happened to me, I think it would derail me and I would be like, I'm just going to go work like a nine to five, make a steady paycheck and call it a day. But that's not, I mean, there's been times where I was like, I'm quitting everything and going to work at McDonald's. Yeah, literally. But we didn't get to that point. So (laughs) no free extra fries, but (laughs) no free fries. So tell us about your childhood, where you grew up and how you even got into beauty and wellness. Okay. So I grew up in a really small town and I came from a, a lower middle class family and my parents worked really hard for what we got, which wasn't a lot, but at the time I thought it was. And I developed a really good work ethic just by watching my family work so hard. What were your parents doing that you so, saw them work so hard? My dad was a construction worker. Ooh, and hard work. Yep, he would he would commute over an hour to work every day. And my mom was a receptionist with crazy hours at a doctor's office. Oh my gosh. And I saw them sacrifice a lot just so me and my brother could go to softball or baseball and soccer. So it 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 showed me love and it showed me hard work and it showed me if you want to do something for other people, for your family, then just go ahead and work hard. And I think that's where I picked up strong work ethic. Exactly. And it seems like since you had both parents working so hard, Mm -hmm. you almost had like double the example because in my case specifically, my mom and dad did work hard, but at some point my mom was like, I have three or four kids now. Like I can't continue working a full-time job. Absolutely. And it seems like your mom was able to balance both. So you had a strong female and male figure. Absolutely. In your life. I owe so much to my parents. I mean, just watching them, it showed me a lot. So in a crazy turn of events, I hear you got kicked out of high school. I did get kicked out of high school. They were so pissed. So how did we go from a great family, great example, strong work ethic to getting kicked out of high school? Tell us about that story. Okay. So when I'm in a classroom, I cannot focus. I think I have a little bit of ADD. And for me, learning in a classroom would just give me anxiety. I, I could not focus. I could not do my homework. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be in the field playing. I did not want to be in a classroom with 20 other kids listening to a teacher. Like it just went right through one ear and out the other. So I got a car when, or I had older friends who had cars. And once they started skipping school and leaving school early, I was like, Oh, I'll just go with them." them. So I didn't go to class. I got written up a lot. And then of course I started to fail because I wasn't in class. And then one of my friends thought it was a brilliant idea to buy a thousand crickets at Petco. What? And let them out in the girls' locker room. Oh, so I was like, God, oh, I that's so funny. Let's do it. So we went to Petco. We bought a thousand crickets and we went oh. into the girls' locker room and we let out all the crickets. So, of course, I was the one that got caught, not her. And I already oh, was written up so many times. I'm like, what's another detention? But This time they were like, you are failing. You don't show up to class. We caught you skipping class so many times and you just let out a thousand crickets thinking it's funny. It's not. You're done. Oh my God. I was like, what do you mean I'm done? I can't be done. Like my parents are going to kill me. No, I'll, I'll, I'll make this better. Right. And they kicked me out. Yeah. So at this point though, were your parents aware of how much you were skipping class? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They thought you were just like going to school, killing it. This hit them like, oh, they had no idea. They were so pissed. So they were blindsided. They, they were, like, were blindsided. How did completely. it, did they, ha- did you have to tell them or did the school have to call them? Oh no, them? the school called them in the office with me sitting there. It was oh. one of the worst experiences of my life. It was so did scary. They, so they didn't even give you an option. They weren't like, you have to do extra credit or anything. Like you no, it was done. just, that was it. They were like, you've been written up too many times. And it was hard for me because I was a good student and I yeah. loved to read and I loved to write and I wanted to learn. And I, I just, for me, I would rather be reading a book outside or doing journaling or homework on the grass. I didn't want to be locked in in a classroom classroom where I feel like I can't focus. So, so they were like, they were like, that's it. You're done. So then were you like, it's fine. I can just go to another school where your parents like were shipping you to boarding school. My parents definitely wanted to ship me to boarding school. (laughs) They were like, she's done. She's going to an all girls school, college or high school. That's it. Yeah. Like they were so pissed. So, I ended up having to go to an alternative high school. Oh my gosh. What does that mean? Okay. So the alternative high school was like 
when you hear it, it was like, oh God, no, that's where the bad kids go. Yeah, that's where like that. the drug addicts go and you know, all the bad kids. The juvenile detention centers. Exactly. And I mean, it kind of was like that. However, it was one of the best learning experiences for me because it forced me one to be very uncomfortable and put myself in a room and in a school with kids you would never see me hanging out with. So it taught me to bond with these people and it taught me to not judge people and everyone has a story and we all were kind of these misfits from all different walks of life that were thrown in a room together and we ended up becoming family. That's insane. Yeah, it was really wild because it was people I would you I would never have been caught hanging out with and right. became my best friends. It breaks down that whole like when you're in high school and it's like the popular cheerleaders, the jocks, it was like no word. It was very much like that movie. What's that movie? The Mean Girls movie? No. <laughs> What's that movie where they had they go into tension and it's like Breakfast Club? Breakfast Club. It was something very similar to that. Like, we're all the same. Like, yep. We're all in this together. We there got- was maybe thirty kids in the whole school. And wow. only thirty? Yeah. It was oh like a, they it, the classes were like seven to eight kids in a class. Oh and so the tight. Didn't start class until ten AM. And me, I like to get my eight hours of sleep. So me waking up at 6 a.m. to get to class by 7.15 was not happening in high school. So I'd skip the right. first, first couple classes. After a day. So at this point, I'm like, oh, this is great. I can get my eight hours of sleep in. I wake up when I want to. I go to class. It's only seven people, so I don't feel pressured. I feel like right. I'm getting the attention that I need. And most of the teachers would take us on school trips or they would take us outside it to read our books. Yeah, like more creative Absolutely. Energy. Absolutely. It was so much more hands-on. I learned so much. I started passing, getting A's in every single class, which I never had before. And it was the same exact content or as the same regions as normal high school. Right. So I graduated with the alternative high school. That's amazing. And they, these, these people became family to me. I love that. I still keep in touch with my teachers. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. It was really cool. A lot of people don't know this, but I went to a school of the arts in sixth grade and I say like, I was only there for a year and it was one of my happiest years because same thing. Our classes were like dancing, reading outside, like creating music. It wasn't like, Hey, you have to write a five paragraph essay about the sky. I think when you're a creative person and you, you put them in a box Oh. It's imp- it's impossible. You go You're crazy. Like suffocating. Yeah. And that is one of the best things that you can do is just to get more creative and be outside and l- learn differently. People learn differently. differently. Yes. There's all different ways of being taught. Yes. So that for me was major. So you pass that, you, you finally get back on track. Yes. And then where does beauty and wellness come into this? Like at this point, were you like, this is what I want to do? Were you like, no, I want to be a lawyer. Like what was okay. your idea of the future? So at the time I was making my own clothes. Ooh. So you were kind of being like a yes. side hustler. And that was when I was going to the alternative high school. Okay. So I started making my own clothes and I think, what was it? I had to go back to my normal high school. The one I had gotten kicked out of, uh, for, one after school activity or class or something, I had gone back and I was wearing an outfit that I made. And one of the girls from, like, I don't know, one of the mean girls was like, look at that girl, Alex. She's such a fashion wreck. And I looked at her and I said, you're brilliant. That is going to be the name of my fashion company. So I named this fake, or I guess it wasn't fake. I, this real. It was very real, but in my mind at the time, I couldn't imagine it to grow. So I I was like, I'm going to name it Fashion Wreck. So I made a MySpace page and I called myself Fashion Wreck and I started designing all these clothes. And then when I went back to the alternative school, they all loved it. They were like, can you make us clothes? I was like, yes, I can. So So I started making clothes for 20 bucks and I thought it was a lot of money. I was like, oh, I just got 20 bucks today. High school, it's like a hundred dollars. Oh yeah. I was like killing it. So I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. Um, I ended up having a series of different fashion shows where I got tons of people involved and I don't know if you remember the show Jersey Licious. Oh my God. Yes. Do you remember the show? I love that show. Oh my God. It's so funny. I love reality TV. So... Jersey Licious, I was, well, now I was making clothes targeted towards people in the beauty industry. Okay. Cause now I'm like kind of 
learning that I want to be a makeup artist or do hair, be somewhat in the beauty field, but I still love to be creative and make my own clothes. Right. So I was putting like lipsticks on my shirts and I was drawing scissors on my pants and ripping them all up. So it looks like the scissors are cutting through the right. pants. Oh my gosh. So Jerseylicious got in touch with me and they were like, we saw your clothes on MySpace. We think they're so cool. Can you make some for our salon? And at the time they were filming, I think on Bravo or E. Yeah. It was on a bigger network. Maybe... I don't know. Because I really only watch like Bravo E and like maybe ABC. Same. So it was on one of those networks. So so yeah, I was like, well, I'll make them for free if you guys come model my fashion show. They were like, okay. They all came up to Fishkill, which is in the middle of nowhere in New York. And they modeled in my fashion show. So I had 400 people from our small town community come. I had the radio station come and they modeled all of my clothes and it's, it started to turn into something way bigger. Right. Then one of the producers from Jerseylicious switched jobs. He went on the Tyra Banks show to produce that show. And he was like, Tyra wants to meet you. <gasps> and I was like, what? I was like, really? I just got chills. Were you like, what the fuck? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was so young. I mean, I literally yeah, did, right, just like graduated high school. So it, things started happening. And I was like, wow, okay. So then it started to grow so rapidly and I kind of didn't know what it really entailed. So then all these investors were coming to my parents who, you know, I told you my dad was a construction worker. My mom was a receptionist. They worked so hard to give us everything and they were going to give up their life savings for me to get a, like, I don't know, some kind of factory in a different country to start producing clothes. And something just wasn't sitting right with me. And I was like, no. And my, I remember my parents looked at me, they're like, you need to give us a clear answer, yes or no, because if we do this, that like you're doing this, like mm-hmm. there's no back Yeah, out. this isn't like a maybe. And I was like, no, because now it's starting to feel like a job. Mm. And I was like, as much as I want to do this, I don't want it to feel like a job. And even all the money I made, I gave back to charity. Wow. I raised over $30,000 and I was, I had no Keep money. Like literally had no money. I was and $30,000 when you're 18 is like a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I gave all of it to charity. We, I gave some to St. Jude's. There was a kid that had passed away in my high school. He was an artist. So we started an art scholarship fund in his name. So we gave a student a chance to go to art school with that money. Um, but yeah, I never wanted to feel like a job. So now it started to feel like a job and I started to, to take a couple steps back and I was like, don't no, 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 no. Because I, I couldn't live with myself if something had gone wrong and my right. parents were broke and we had to sell the house. Right. <laughs> it was a lot of pressure. But where did you have the wherewithal when you're 17 or 18 to even negotiate with people that in the external perception have more power than you? Like the Jerseylicious people were like more famous than you, making more money Absolutely. than you. Where, where did you have the mindset to be like, I'll do this for you if you do it for free? Like, where did you get those negotiations? I don't skills? know. I think, I, I truly don't know. I, I mean, maybe just watching my parents, like my dad did a lot of charity events and there were, I knew there was always ways to get things mm-hmm. and I didn't have money or fame or the connections I needed. So I knew I needed to learn how to hustle. negotiate and hustle. And what about the, even the $30,000, like I... I'm a pretty good person mm-hmm. and I would be like, I'm going to donate 5,000 of this, but I'm going to keep 25,000 of myself. Like why didn't you want to even keep a dime? I didn't want to keep a dime. Well, one, I remember I was negotiating with the venue at the mm. time because we had booked, it was like a, an event hall, a wedding hall, and I didn't have $10,000 to rent it for a Sunday or however much it was. Right. So I I went in there and I was with my friend who was helping me with the whole event right. and we were like these young two little girls wearing ripped jeans. I had crazy hoop in my nose, dark black eyeliner, and crazy pink hair. And I said, this is going to be a tax write-off for you because this is a big charity event. So that was also my karma. Like I didn't want to take any money because yeah. it was, I wanted to give it to charity. And it was right. also, you know, me negotiating with the venue. Right. So I knew if I took any money, I would have bad karma. Mm, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm donating all of it. But like even knowing what a tax write-off is, like I've just found that out in the last like three years and I'm 28. Like, I don't where know. Did you, like, I really don't know. Skills? It's like just, I think it's just always been embedded in me. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing the fashion. I'm going to put this on hold and I'm going to go to college and I'm going to go for business because I don't know what exactly I want to do. I know I'm interested in fashion. I know I'm interested in beauty. I've always been interested in beauty. 
but I want to own a business. Mm -hmm. I want to be an entrepreneur. Right. Let me go to business school. My parents were like, are you sure you want to go to college? Yes, I'm sure. We're going to buy all your books. We're going to sign you up. It's going to be very expensive. You need to commit to this. Right. Okay. Yes, I will do this. I go to college. I'm there for three or four days and I'm back in that place where I was in high school, where I'm in a classroom and now there's even more kids in this classroom than there was in my high school. And I start getting the anxiety and I'm like, I can't focus. And I, I, I start freaking out. I'm looking out the window. I'm like, wow, it'd be so nice to roll around on that hill right now. Like, don't want to be yeah, in class. You're just like wandering, daydreaming. Then I go to my next class and it was an hour and a half long class. I walk in about 10 minutes in, the professor is like, so it's going to be this exam. Then in a few weeks you'll have this exam. Then you're going to have to do public speaking for the class. And I, at the, I did not want to do public speaking. No. I was like, nope. I closed my textbook and I put my pencil down and I walked right out into that field and I sat down and I cried and I said, I'm quitting. I'm not doing this. Oh my gosh. I feel so uncomfortable. I, it was like torture for me to be in there. Did you have any roommates or friends or anything that were like, listen, we all get it. We're in the same boat. Like it's part of college. Or did you call your parents and they're like, sweetie, this is part of the gig. Like, huh. well, my parents didn't know that I dropped out of college oh. <laughs> um, until it was like too late. And they realized they're like, you're not going to school. Are you? I was like, no, like, yeah. I stopped. And they're like, but we bought all your books and we did it. I was like, I know. I'm so sorry. I'll make it up to you one day. <laughs> so was it that day that you went out and left that classroom that you really like went to your admissions office? You're like, I have to drop out. Like, yeah. tell us about the process literally, of how you even got to dropping out. Well, I, I had sat on the grass. Literally, I left that class and I walked outside. I sat on the grass. I cried a little bit and I opened my book and I wrote in my textbook the things that I truly like to do. What brought me joy? Mm-hmm. And I wrote down fashion, but been there, done that. I, I, it felt more like a job and mm-hmm. it felt really complicated. It's also a little bit of a dark industry. Mm-hmm. So... Then I was like, okay, beauty. I, I really enjoy beauty. I really enjoy making people feel good. I enjoy to feel good. And I enjoy applying makeup and doing hair. So that was on my list of things along with like kittens and right. pets. And, yeah. But I knew I had to go to school to be a doctor if I wanted Something. to be a vet. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do go down that route. So, I mean, really what was left was beauty. So I went to beauty school. And how did you tell your parents though? Were you like... Like, how long was it after you dropped out that you... They found out probably about a month or two later. And what were you doing for that month or two? I was sitting at home. Yeah, I was... Like, my parents would be working. So I was in the house just like... Oh, you were at home? I was at home. Oh, so you were They were were working, and they thought I was in school. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Oh, my goodness. So Then then I got a side job working with Red Bull, which was actually a really fun job. I've heard a lot of people say that. It was really fun. seems like a fun company. They, like, found me in the mall. They, like, I was, like, shopping when I should have been in class. They're like, hey, you want a job? Like, come apply. And then I saw these, like, two pretty girls. They were talking to me, and they had, like, the Red Bull can on their back, and they were giving me free Red Bull. I was like, ooh, this could be fun. So I... I told my parents, I was, once they found out I wasn't going to class, I was like, well, I did get a job and it was a good paying job at the time. Mm -hmm. So I go to interview for Red Bull and I get the job and they were like, okay, we need someone in the music department. So what we need you to do is go to concerts and find the artists and the bands and stock them up with Red Bull. We need someone to go to the college parties to follow around the college bands. And that for me was like opened up a lot because mm-hmm. I've met so many people at yeah, these parties and these bands. I mean, we were at a journey and heart concert and I'm like, I'm giving journey a Red Bull. Yeah. This is crazy. Like, like how insane. cool is this? And you're what? Like in your twenties now, like early twenties, mm, maybe like even like 19. Yeah. Like this was all, this all happened like fairly quickly, this whole little time period. Mm-hmm. So I actually ended up meeting Fat Jewish. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Before he was who he, he was? He was still Fat Jewish, but he was in a band. Oh I my. don't remember what the band's name was, but since I was in charge of music, I was like, some band is coming to play at this college. Like, let's just go. Like, they seem wild. Right. We'll just give them a bunch of Red yeah. Bull. So we go, and the guy's like, my name's Fat Jew. And I was like, I can't call you that. <laughs> like, and he's um, like, oh, well, that's what you should call me, because that's my name. I was like... 
no, I'm sorry, sir. I can't call you that. What's your real name? He wouldn't tell me. So then things got wild. Everyone started mud wrestling with him and his band. I mean, it was crazy. And here yeah, I am insane person. spraying Red Bull on everyone. Then I, I met LMFAO. Oh my God. So you're just meeting people like left and right. All these music people. And I said, I was like, one day I'm going to be a makeup artist and you need to book me as your makeup. And it happened. Oh my gosh. It you happened. just like put that in the universe yeah. and said it out loud. And then my friends happened. thought I was ridiculous. They were like, oh my God, here, here's Alex again, fabricating these stories and saying that she's going to be. And I yeah. mean, when I would get the calls from these people, they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I just say, I speak it into existence I and it happens. That. Oh my God. I love that you're saying this. Cause this is like, I've done so many podcasts about this and sometimes I ramble, but I'm like, you know what? I have my own podcast. I'm allowed to ramble. Absolutely. But I love talking about aligning your behaviors and actions and everything with what you're saying. Cause you could have been, you could have done that and like, I'm going to be a makeup artist and then like, but I'm going to go get a nine to five job at whatever corporate America. It wouldn't happen. What do you think it was though that drove you? Like, was it a gut feeling that you're like, I just know what's going to happen. Or was it like, you know, I, I have the work ethic to do it. Like, why were you so confident in saying that and knowing it would happen? Well, I think that I, well, I did have another job once for like two days mm-hmm. as a telemarketer and oh. that did not go well. And I have a problem with people telling me, what time to show up, what to wear, how to act. I like to break rules. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to follow other people's rules, especially when it's very vanilla to me and boring. So, Exhibit A, releasing crickets into the locker room. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we really need to spice things up sometimes, yeah. you know? So I, I've always wanted to spice things up. And for me, I was like, if I can't find a job like that, I'll create one. Red Bull was fun. That was a, a fun, yeah, spicy like, job well, for me. It was a glimpse in a, like, I don't need a corporate job. Yeah. Like I was, and I was making more money than all my friends that, you know, were going to college right. or yeah, everyone was in college at the time. Yeah. Right. So I was, you know, just partying and having fun and making money and then doing makeup on the side. So then the Red Bull job came to an end. They laid us all off. They had no more money for us to be our wings team. So we had to return the car. We had the mini Cooper with the big Red Bull can on it. I loved driving that. It was so fun. So we had to return the car. We had to get the company card back. I was so upset. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not going back to school. I'm definitely not getting a regular job. I'm going to be a makeup artist and I'm going to work really hard until I get to where I want to be. Yeah. And at any point, because you seem very similar to me when you were younger in that you probably respected your parents' opinions. I did. And so at what, any point were they like, Alex, we're not like supporting you financially if you keep doing this or like you really need to stop and think about what you're doing. Or were they like, you know what, as long as you're happy, do what you want. Like how much? It was a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so my parents definitely wanted me to go to college and get the job because they were scared because they didn't do that. So they didn't want to see me work so hard to provide not that much, you know right. what I mean? So, so they wanted the best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they also were like, you seem really confident and you know, if this was makes you happy, you've got to do it, but you really got to do it. So I would get a little bit of both from them. So were you ever like, Oh my God, my parents are like kind of saying, no, maybe I should just reconsider a nine to five. Or are you just like, I need to see this out until it happens. Yeah. I, it wasn't an option for me. I was so miserable. I could not do it. I mean, in in any place, even my parents were like, okay, you're, uh, you want to be a makeup artist. Why don't you go work at at a makeup store? And I'm like, the lighting in there is so bad. (laughs) I don't want to sit in that lighting all day. I always thought about that. I was like, I don't really want to work at the Mac in the mall. No. I I don't know what's going on outside. Yeah. You know, stuck in there. And I just, I knew I just needed to do something for my own. And I, that's how I always was with the fashion stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my only real job was the Red Bull one, but it was so on our own. Like mm-hmm. there was no like yeah, boss sitting it there. Nine to five. It, like, we created our own hours. We created yeah. our own schedule. We'd go to concerts. It was not your typical job. Right. So now I knew going into makeup, I wasn't going to work for anyone. Right. I wasn't going to do it. And at this point, what year was this? Like 2000 maybe like 10. I was, I think we're around the same age. Yeah, I was, I'm going to be 30. So this was when I was like 20. So at this point was, 
I don't even think Instagram was around. No. They have all these like insane Instagram profiles. I also came into the industry in a really interesting time yeah. because people still had their books, their portfolio books. Oh, wow. Like their actual books of images of print work. Okay. And they would go to agencies and jobs and be like, here's my book. Right. Now that doesn't exist. Just look at my Instagram. It's, this is my Instagram handle. This is my website. Right. Yeah. Here's my email. It's very, very different. So I came in a time where I was very young and I was working with a lot of older artists that were very traditional. So I learned a lot from all the old school artists. Then I was also very young. And then when you know Instagram started to develop and people started having blogs and stuff, I, I was also jumping on that bandwagon too. So you knew like, okay, I need to kind of dip my feet into both. I started blogging pretty young. Okay. Um, I started my blog and it was a beauty and lifestyle blog. So I would practice makeup a lot to post on my blog. Mm -hmm. And then I started assisting other artists that were more senior to me, which they taught me how to hustle. Right. I was so scared to drive to New York city. I thought that when I was like, there's no way I'll never drive to New York city. And these artists were like, you're, there's no jobs up here. Yeah. Like you got to do the work. You have to drive to New York city. I was like, it's not happening. So for a few years I was taking the train until one day I missed my train and it was one of the biggest jobs I had booked. Oh my God. It was for music choice. And it was, I forget, I think like a Shanti was coming in and I was like, Oh my God, I have to be there. Right. So I got in my car and I was like, this is it. I'm going to drive. I was so scared. I was shitting myself the entire time. And then I got, I, I was like, okay, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I did it. Then the next time happened, I missed the train again. I was like, oh God, I got to drive gotta again. drive again. And then you're like, okay, it's not And then I was like, actually, I kind of like it better. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So what about, you go to beauty school. Normally to me, I don't know anything about what happens after beauty school. Like you were recently saying, I want to be an independent makeup artist. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go work at like the Mac kiosk in the mall. No. But if there's no Instagram around or things like that, and you're saying you're practicing your makeup, how did you even start reaching out? Like, were you reaching out to brands or companies? Like, how were you even booking jobs? So when I was in beauty school, they barely touch on makeup. And oh, what wow. you do learn about makeup is, no offense, kind of terrible. So what do you learn? Oh, God. I don't like even remember. Like, like, yeah, I don't remember, to be honest. I learned a lot of hair. Okay. I mean, it was really cosmetology school. So you're there to uh, learn a lot of hair, which... I'm so happy I did do this program because when I'm on set now, a lot of time they request you to do the hair too. Oh, wow. I prefer not to. I prefer there to be a hairstylist and and a makeup artist, but there's a lot of jobs that I love to work that are like, hey, can you do very light hair and makeup? So it's not something I promote, but I will do. Right. I will do light hair. Because you have the background at least. Exactly. So it was good in that aspect because I learned the basics of hair, but I didn't learn too much in school. However, they had a guest artist come in to teach a class. And at the time she was working with Katy Perry when Katy Perry had first came out. I mean, this is 10 years ago. So people knew who she was, but she wasn't what she is now. And Katy Perry was known for coming out with like really bold looks and like crazy, like she was making a name for herself with her looks. Absolutely. So this makeup artist named Megan came in and she was showing us all her, her book and she was telling us how she got in the industry and I stalked her. I ran after she left. I was like, something in me was like, go after her. I was like, okay. So I go out in the parking lot and I was like, wait. And my teachers are yelling at me. They were like, come back in school. Like, what are you doing? I was like, stop, hold on. And I looked at the makeup artist. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, can I have your phone number? And she's like, okay, yeah, here is my phone number. This is like before email. Like, like, what? Like, yeah, you're not like texting unlimited data. (laughs) There was none of that. So I was like, I really want to work for you. And she's like, okay. I mean, maybe like just, yeah, call me. I called her and called her and called her until she finally called me back one day. And I remember she called my house phone. My dad had answered and he was like, some girl, Megan's on the phone. She's something about makeup. And I was like, Oh my God, she called me back. Yeah. So I was like, hello. She's like, can you be at a job tomorrow? It's on set. It's like 40 or 50 bucks. Like it's in Jamaica, Queens, like all day. Can you do it? I was like, yes, I'll do it. So I hang up the phone. I look at my dad. I was like, 
I'm going to Jamaica, Queens. He's like, you're not driving to Jamaica, Queens tomorrow. Like, that's no. Yeah. I was like, yes, I am. He's like, no, like you can't. No, it's like not a great area. Like, do you even you know where you're know going? Really yeah. Is. Like, yeah. he's like, what? This is a setup. Yeah. Because it said like a broken down hotel they were filming. Oh, you're like, this is like a scam, Craigslist for fifty set. bucks, yeah. which I thought was so much money. Right. I was like, I'm not going to school tomorrow. I'm making fifty dollars. Yeah. Is so great. <laughs> I'm a working artist. Yeah. Like I'm in the throes now. Yep. So my dad took off of work and he drove me down and he walked me into this hotel, but I wouldn't let him. I was like, dad, I was like, no one can know you're my father. Like, don't embarrass me. And he, he just walked me in to make sure I was safe and then walked out and waited in the parking lot for nine hours of us shooting. So you had really supportive parents. They were very supportive. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know what I love about what you're saying? And it seems like this is how you run your life in general is you trust your gut a lot. Always. Is it seems like most people would be like, Alex, really? Like a nine hour shoot, $50 in a bro. Like that's fake. Everyone. You don't even know who this girl is. Like, how do you know she's even going to call you back? And there seems to be something with your intuition that you're like, I'm, I don't care. Even if it's a one-off job, it's like leading me to another door open. I've always really trust my intuition. Always. And that's just been since you were what young? Forever. I've always trust my intuition. I've always listened to my gut. I love it. Yeah. It's something that I, th- I think everyone has that in them. Yes. They just need Ignore to be it. present enough mm-hmm. to listen to it. Yeah. You know when something's right and something's wrong. Oh, yeah. Everyone ignores it because we all care so much about, especially now with Instagram, we care so much about what people think. Like, even now I've been, like, posting, like, longer insightful captions and I'm like, this is so weird. Like, why am I posting this? No one cares. And I'm like, oh, I should delete it. I'm just going to go delete that post. And I'm like, but why? Like... It doesn't matter. Even one person. Exactly. I like reading people's stuff. Like I love how much you share. I love following people. Like I'm over just the like eating pasta. I'm like, I don't care. Like, what are you doing there? Why are you there? Like, I want to know the story. Um, and that's what it seems like you're doing is like, I don't care what people think I'm following my gut and I know it's going to leave me. It seems like even when things maybe go bad that you're still like, I'm going to figure it out. Absolutely. I feel like you can always be like a victim or a survivor. And I always choose to be a survivor and I always choose to listen to my intuition, to listen to my gut. And it, you can't worry about what other people think because you're not going to be for everyone. No. And that's okay. My favorite quote is you can be the juiciest peach on the peach tree, but not everyone likes peaches. Oh, I love that. And I'm like, I love, oh, that. I love that. Yeah. That's a good one. And like not everyone likes fruit or peaches. Yeah. I'm like, it's that's so a really true. good one. It also, to me, when some people are like, oh, I want to please everyone, I'm like, to me, that almost discredits who you are. Like, why would you want, like, an asshole to like you and this prick to like you and this douchebag to like you and then this fun girl to like? It's like, if everyone liked you, that means you're, like, a chameleon and you don't have, like, a strong opinion. Exactly. Like, I don't like when people are, like, people no. pleasers. Nope. I don't so, either. it seems like you, you figure it out. You're like, I know what I'm doing. You book this job. Then what comes after that? Like, did did she help you out? And she's like, I love oh, it. Works yeah. for me. Like, what happened after that? This girl was a huge mentor for me, whether she realizes it or not. She was. I learned a lot from her watching her hustle, drive in. You know, she would teach me how I needed to save my money and how much. And I never, it never occurred to me, oh, I'm a freelancer. You don't have a retirement. You don't have a 401k. You don't have health insurance. Right. It never occurred to me. I was so young. I didn't need to yeah, think about know. that stuff. So this girl who was a lot older, a lot older than me, but older than me and more experienced was like, no, you can't go shopping. What are you doing? And I was like, I don't, I don't just, I made hundred bucks today. I'm going to yeah. go buy this bag. No, don't do that. You need to save that. I was like, why? Yeah, like, she, I spend it. yeah. She's like, because you are a freelancer. So she really taught me the foundation of what I know today. That's amazing. Then I started, you know, assisting other people and I would pick up things from each person. And I think if you want to be an expert in anything, you need to practice. So I was practicing on my friends, my family. I was booking as many clients as I could for free. I put in so much time of free work and years of free work, not saying everyone should work for free all the time, but when you're building something, it's necessary. Right. You can't just charge people something without any backup work or like portfolio. Absolutely. But at this time... Because you were, it sounds like you're making money here and there. Were you supporting yourself? Were your parents helping you out? Were you living at home? So I was living at home. At this point, my parents had divorced and my mom had got remarried and my, I was living with my dad at the time. Okay. And my dad was supporting me financially. 
I was living under his roof. He was paying for all the bills. He was basically just paying my cell phone bill. I was still young enough where my insurance was covered under him. But then he had passed away four years ago. And that was a huge wake up call for me because I realized not only was he supporting me financially, but he was supporting me emotionally. Anytime I had anything exciting going on, he was the first person I would call, which is great. Right. I needed to learn how to love myself and celebrate myself. And I wasn't doing that externally. I was very uh, one to look at external everything Mm -hmm. around me. So once he passed away, I was like, I'm going to die. Like, what am I going to do? Like, oh my God. So I had to learn how to pay for things. I had to learn how to manage my money. I had to learn how to pay bills. I didn't know there was a a, a bill for garbage can. Who knew? I didn't know. So I learned very quickly. I got a hard reality check. Um, And then I, most importantly, I had to learn how to support myself. My dad wasn't going to drive me to work if I didn't feel like doing it. Right. I had to do it. I had to really step up to the plate and I was like, okay, this is my time to like grow up. Right. Like this is my transition into like being a true adult. Exactly. And it was hard because he was such a major support. I mean, he, he sat there for nine hours while you did a shoot for $50. Like that is a guy that is on your side. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it was very unexpected. He had a stroke. And it was like, it was, I mean, at the time it was terrible. It's still terrible. Yeah. Um, but then after that happened, I grew up very, very quickly. And that also opened my eyes to the wellness community Mm. because I was like, I don't understand. Why did he have a stroke? I thought he was healthy. Right. So then I started digging into health. I started listening to all health podcasts and reading about health books and realizing, okay, maybe eating two bananas and a, a scoop of chocolate every night isn't the best thing. It's too right. much sugar. So once I started learning about wellness and started applying health and wellness into my life, I realized I started to feel so much better, not just my body, but emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I realized that health and wellness is very interconnected with beauty because when you look good, you feel good. When mm-hmm. you feel good, you want to look good. Right. So that's really when I started digging into wellness as well. Let's go back a little bit with the divorce. Was that something you saw coming and you're like, I'm prepared for this or were you blindsided? Because I feel like right now if my parents got divorced. I would be like, whoa, I need like a six month break. I need to process this. I need therapy once a week. I need to like refocus. Were you still like okay, this sucks. I'm going to get through this, but I'm still doing makeup. Like what was going on emotionally while you were also trying to build a name for yourself? So I was definitely upset, but I also had known for a long time that my mom and dad grew apart. We definitely knew it, me and my brother. Um, so when they divorced, we were pretty okay with it because we knew they both weren't really happy. Right. And I think they were just with the, with each other for a long time for me and my brother. Mm-hmm. So once we grew up a little bit, it was... You were older, probably a little more mature to handle it versus if you were like 13. Right. If I was like eight years old, I probably would have been right. devastated. Right. You know, but, you know, my mom ended up remarrying a really great guy. My dad ended up dating... I call her my stepmom because mm-hmm. they dated forever. Um up until he passed away and she's like another mother in my life. Right. So they're very close to me. And that, that was like even more of a blessing, I think. Right. You had more people on your side versus being like isolated. And I did go to therapy too. Yeah. I've always, everyone should go to therapy. I've always been going to therapy and I think that it's great for everyone. It's not just for crazy people or someone going through a bad time. No, I, I'm so glad you said that because I went to therapy for a year every single week and it was, and people look at my life and they're like, you have the life, like you make great money, you have a job you love, you travel, you come from a good family. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything if on the inside, I don't feel like I'm in the right place. Like I'm not aligned. I'm not feeling my best. Like, like you said, I feel like people think therapy is like, if you're going off the deep end and about to have a mental breakdown or like grief counseling. And I'm like, no, you can just be like, you know what? I'm why don't I ever set boundaries for myself? Absolutely. Like I need to learn how to do that. Why don't I ever speak up when I'm spoken down to, you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Just things you don't learn in school, going back to like school curriculum, like how to just be an adult. 
and therapy, I think it really is for everyone. And, you know, especially if you are going through something, it's great to have a supportive community of friends. Oh, it's great. And I feel everyone needs a supportive community, whether it's on social media or in real life. However, sometimes dumping all the shit on your friends constantly, it lowers the vibration and the vibe around you. So in that case, like, yeah, talk to a therapist and therapists are good just to give you tools with how to love yourself more Mm -hmm. or ways to cope if you are going through something. And if you're not going through something, it's just great to have someone on your side to just be there and everyone needs to talk things out and in a non-judgmental way in a non-judgmental way i can tell my therapist anything mm-hmm. and i'm like thank you you're not gonna judge yeah. me thank you see you next week yeah see you next week i know i have to yeah. pay a little bit but yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. no i agree with that and going back to the friends thing too i'm like our friend like i don't really have brutally honest friends mm-hmm. so it almost is like you don't want that many yes people around you are like, no, it's totally okay that you do that. It's fine. Keep doing what you're doing. Get it. Like there will be people that, like, I don't really think you should do that, but you're like, you're not in my shoes. You don't get it. Absolutely. I doesn't even really, I'm just telling you more to vent, not to like solicit your advice. Right. Whereas a therapist, I'm like, no, I actually need you to like help me out with like something to do like a solution. Cause you're feeling something. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, my friend is just going to be like, it's fine. You just be happy. You'll get over it. I'm like, that's, not, that's not the helpful. best yeah not the no. best advice and those are things i'm even learning too like when my friends come to me i'm like okay unless they really are like asking for my advice i don't need to be like unloading what my what my thoughts are like Absolutely. and i always tell them like you should just go to therapy <laughs> like yeah i really, I really believe it's yeah. good for everyone i do i was there were days where i would go and i was like why am i going i'm having a good day work was fine i'm working out i'm eating out like why do I, and I would cry every single time in therapy just because every time we would unlock a little more yep. of like a nugget of something that I was like, why do I want to go today? Like, I'm just going to ruin my day. And then I was like, but she told me one of my favorite things. She's like, you should be coming when nothing major is happening because that's when we can really start to understand. Like, why don't you set boundaries for yourself? If you're coming because yep. a guy goes to you and you're upset then we're only going to talk about, talk that, about that. But if you can just come when it's like a flat line, then you can on. uncover yes. such major, major, major things, things that you've gone through in your childhood right. that you might not no even idea. remember. No idea. Cause I, that's the other thing. I'm like, I don't remember having like a bad childhood or anything, but mm-hmm. it's like, Oh wait, there was this one time where I like felt really alone. And then, wait, at one point in my teenage years, like this happened. And then you're like, and it could this is where it sends be from. these minor little things little. and you don't even realize the, the impact and the effect that it like has one on you. little comment. And you're just like, that stuck with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm so glad you're like a proponent of therapy and not like only when it's a disaster. No, time. I think it's for everyone. And you know, people are so worried about their physical health. Why not your mental health? I don't ever get that. I mean, it's, Again, it's all interconnected. We pay like hundreds of thousands of dollars each year on fitness and massages and facials. But to your point, like, why don't we do the same thing for our brain? We, I, for me, that's why I meditate every day. I have a spiritual life coach who helps me. And same thing. It's just nice to have someone to guide you in a direction of Mm non-judgment. They're not going to steer you wrong. They're not going to judge you. And ultimately you really answer everything that you need within yourself yes they just know how to pull it out of you yeah and you know you need to be on it because there were times i'm like you could go to a therapist and manipulate the story to be like i don't want to look like the asshole right here. like but then one time i was like i'm paying all this money why would i not just tell the truth i was just like you know what spill like it all out yes i did do that i kind of was an asshole in this situation like i know i shouldn't have done that and to a friend i wouldn't have said that i would have been like i don't want to make myself look bad so i'm gonna like leave little bits out of the yeah. story and you don't want to do that in no therapy. it's just a great space to be able to be yourself yourself and to not feel judged no and just to have someone to help you give you tools yes the tools. for if you are having a bad day yeah what do you do mm-hmm. you know like there's times where my therapist or my spiritual life coach has been like these are the five things that you're gonna do that's gonna make you pull right out of that negative space yeah. okay what are those five things for me what do they look like i don't know maybe dancing putting on a good playlist and yeah. just start dancing. Yeah. Letting it all out. Right. Or maybe it's reading a really good book that has right. nothing to do with business or health and just give my mind a rest and just read like a little book about a love story. Or yeah. I love the, the alchemist. Yeah. The alchemist is a great book. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there's, there's tools and techniques and I, I can always go back to that if mm-hmm. I'm having a bad day. Right. And I think there's a big misconception that if you go to therapy, you're going to have to go under like past life regressions. And like you said, like it could be as simple as putting on a Spotify playlist and dancing in the bedroom where people, I think, tend to think it's like the movies where you see therapy and they're like, like, what is going on here? What yeah. have you seen? It's like, it's not that <laughs> They're laying sometimes. on the couch. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I never laid on a couch. Like, no. what? Like, that's, I, I like sat on a couch and had some mints and just chatted. Like, exactly. So I'm like, I'm glad we're talking about this and showing what therapy is like really like, because I think people think, oh my God, if I go, it's going to be this like weight of emotions. I'm like, no, sometimes I literally go and talk about like how these two guys goes to me. And I was like, how did that happen? And I feel like when you walk out of a therapy session or a coaching session, whatever applies to you, you walk out not feeling heavier. You walk out feeling lighter. Yes. A hundred percent. Just lighter and better. Yeah. Cause you're like, I finally unlocked that little like kink that was in my heart. And Absolutely. it's like, oh, it's like, I saw something, I think it was on Instagram. They're like, I put my troubles in a balloon and I let that shit go. And I was Ooh, like, I love I that. I like that. Yeah. I was like, I, really I feel like, like I'm like going to, I'm like, I'm trying to put this in a balloon and like, let it let go. Let it go. I love it. I also, I mean, I love going on retreats and stuff too. I'm like dying to do that. I'm trying to save my money to do that. I try to do a retreat at least once a year. I love it. What have been some that you've been to that you love? So I went on a retreat in Thailand. Oh my God. That's like my dream. That was amazing. It was there was maybe six of us girls, all from all over the world. I love it. I bonded with girls who now I feel like are sisters to me in Switzerland and Germany and oh Australia. Gosh. And it, it was really cool. I love that. And instantly we all bonded and, you know, we went pretty deep and as far as our conversations and what's on our mind. And again, we're in a space where we don't know each other. Yeah. No one's judging each other. Right. You don't know who's who. Exactly. I was able to connect with girls from Germany, from Switzerland, from Australia, and we instantly had a connection and none of us know each other from a hole in the wall. We are not judging each other for what we all were going through different things in our lives. Right. Some of us are very successful business owners. Others are aspiring. Then there were some that didn't want to be a business owner at all, but she was just, you know, wanted to find a community that liked yoga and meditation. Yeah. So we would wake up on the beach every morning and have our coconuts. And it was a a week long retreat. Oh Oh my God. It was so good. It was good to just take a digital detox, step away from the phone, step away from the emails, just step away from drama, from anything that's going on Mm -hmm. and just have one week in nature to just dig into yourself. Right. I I think that it's, if you can try to do it once a year, Yeah. it doesn't have to be in Thailand. No. I mean, I feel like there's people that host retreats in almost every town. Yeah. It could even be a day or even just a spa day. Yeah. Even you literally just being alone. Like I was talking to someone about this as I've gotten older, it surprised me that I like to be alone more because I was such a social butterfly in college. Like I was in a sorority. I was homecoming chair. I was like Mrs. Like buzzy bee all over. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, I need a long time. Like I need one day every weekend to like not speak to anyone. Like I need to just, even if it's in my bed and like watching reality TV, I'm like, I don't care if that's like mindless. Like I have to like, decompress and think about my thoughts but if you think about being in nature I think what it forces you to do is look inward because Mm -hmm. to your point of like just even even being a freelancer it's like okay did I book that client that that person pay that I schedule that person like you haven't even taken a chance to be like how do I feel like am I okay am I happy am I doing what I want to do like is this the life I want for myself it's so crucial to have time to yourself Mm -hmm. and I tend to go inward a lot I love that and I think everyone should I think it's so important to just be alone with your thoughts and check in with yourself. Yeah. How am I feeling? Yeah. How's my body feeling? Right. How's my mind feeling? What's going on in my relationships? What's going on in, in work? What's going on with my family? Yeah. Like just the time to check into yourself right. and to the things that are really important around you. And I, I think that's really crucial for everyone to everyone. do. And I'm like, it doesn't matter how busy you are. Like, I, I'm pretty busy and I'm still like, I don't care. I need to, if I have to put it on my calendar, like do not talk to me. Like my alone time, that's my lunch hour. Like I I live right by my work. So I go home and I'm like, even that hour out of the work day, I could be taking a nap. And I'm like, the fact that I'm alone, not speaking to anyone inward, that helps me like 
come back to reality sometimes. Yeah. Because you can get caught up in the, like, this is my life. Like, I can't let it go. And it's, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's just a job. It's a career. Yep. Like, it'll it'll happen. I feel like my schedule is very busy, but I don't like to, I don't like to think of my life as busy, mm-hmm. which is why I always carve out time every day Love that. for a meditation, whether it's three minutes or 30 minutes, depending on what my schedule looks like. If I can, if I, I feel like my body was just, you know, I was doing a lot of walking. I was on my feet all day doing makeup. My back was hunched over. I'll go home. I'll go straight in the bathtub. I'll draw myself like a nice bath, put on the candles, put on some spa music. I I like my home to feel as Zen as possible. That's why I don't live in the city. I was going to ask, like, why was there never a reason to come and like get an apartment in the city? It would make so much more sense for me to live in the city. And I'm sure my clients would like it more and I'm sure I'd be even more busier. Yeah. But I need that time away from the city and out of the city. Mm -hmm. So I live more in the country Mm -hmm. and my commute is crazy. Sometimes it's a four hour round trip, sometimes more. Wow. But that gives me time to listen to podcasts and I try not to listen to any podcasts that are too like gossipy or anything. I like to listen to podcasts that are creating value for me or that's teaching me something about beauty or teaching me something about health. Um, there's so many good podcasts out there. There's so many investing podcasts. I've learned how to invest my money properly because I'm listening to this guy on this podcast or, you know, I'm learning why I should be scraping my tongue because I'm listening to this Ayurvedic. I got a tongue scraper from a podcast. I think tongue scrapers are very important. (laughs) Yeah, sidebar, if you don't have a tongue scraper, get one, or, like, we can't be friends. Yeah, literally, like, everyone needs a tongue scraper. Yeah, or, like, get out of my life. Yeah, it's really important. Yes. So, yeah, I think just those little factors help so much. That's why I used to love my commute. I used to live in Chicago, and my commute to work was, like, 30 minutes each way. And before, when I started doing it, I was like, this is insane, like, an hour round trip. But I'm like, I love that 30 minutes to just listen to a podcast and then, like, finish it at lunch or the rest of the Mm -hmm. day. Like, I started to enjoy my commute, which it sounds like the same. your commute is almost your, like, zen time, too. Absolutely. It is, because I feel like I'm learning. Yeah. And I, I don't ever want to feel stagnant. I don't ever want to feel like I'm I'm just content in the same place. Yeah. I always want to be learning, expanding, growing, progressing. So even when I'm by myself in the car rides... I'm trying to learn and progress as much as possible. How can I apply these tools to my business? Right. Even though I'm listening to someone like Lewis Howes mm-hmm. and who has on like an athlete. Right. I'm not an athlete. I'm a makeup artist. But how can I apply what they're saying to my own business? Right. How can And it's my time to get quiet and get creative. And I take a lot of voice notes when I'm driving. Ooh, that's a good idea. I always have ideas just coming to me as I'm driving through the city and out of the city into the country. I get inspired. So I'm, I'm constantly like, oh, this is a really good idea. Let me just do a voice note. Right. So then when I get home or I do have a day off, I go back into my voice notes. I write them all down and I see how I can start applying this. That is such a great tip mm-hmm. because a lot of people, I have that all the time where I have a good idea and I'm like, I'll think of it later. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, I have no idea what I even thought about this. Yeah. Oh, do a voice note, super quick and easy note. and you won't forget it. So I want to go back to when you were, when you work with the girl, Megan, and you start opening doors and you start booking more clients where, because Instagram and all this stuff wasn't around. I feel like a lot of makeup artists now get inspiration from Instagram. Where were you drawing inspiration or how were you knowing even like what looks to do? Like, were you just reading like Cosmo magazine and being like, Oh, like colored liner is in, let me try this out. You know what I mean? Like where were these ideas coming from? So I would definitely get inspiration really from being in nature. Mm -hmm. I was always a girl that loved her nature. So being in nature, I would just look at the trees, look at the colors, look at the sky. And I would try and, and get, inspiration through what was around me. Mm-hmm. Then I, I, days that I did come into the city at the time, I wasn't used to the city. I right. grew up upstate. So I would come into the city and see all the different people. And just, it was very different from where I lived. Everyone had different fashion and different haircuts. And I saw guys wearing makeup and I was like, Whoa, like this is kind of cool. Like, crazy. yeah. So I would get inspiration just from the people walking by me. Love that. I, from what was going on outside, I would just drop my inspiration that way. I love that. Yeah. And can you tell us, cause I don't know again much about makeup artists or beauty school. 
did you start being like, I'm specializing in natural beauty or I do like more glam looks or is it like I cover the portfolio if you need like black smoky eye glam I can do that or I can do like a very natural barely can tell I'm wearing makeup look so I feel like I got to where I am because I am a I try to be a problem solver and I try to figure everything out so I like to say that I can do anything if you need it I'm there and I'll figure it out and I'll do a good job Mm -hmm. with that being said (laughs) I have done because I've done everything, I've realized my favorite thing to do where I feel like I'm thriving for myself and for my clients is when it's more of a natural makeup application. I love natural beauty. Mm-hmm. I love highlighting people's features. Right. I like bringing that out. And I, li- I don't like to look at girls where I'm like, oh, you're so young and your skin is so amazing. Why do you have so much foundation and powder on? You right. don't need it. Yeah. If it makes you happy, girl, honey, do it. Right. But if, if me personally, I like more of a natural Natural. makeup. However, I do everything. So you can, like, if someone's like, look, we have this like avant-garde photo shoot we need you on site. You're not like, "Mm, sorry, no, I can't. I'll always do it. If I'm available. And if, if I feel like it aligns with me and my brand. Right. Like I've, I don't typically work with people or companies that are really out of my realm. And if I feel, I also have a team of artists and hairstylists now that I've built over the last few years. So if I feel like someone wants something really, really heavy glam, there might be another artist that works for me on my team that will do a better job. Okay. So I'll book them out for it. Got it. Um, but then again, I mean, I got a phone call. Hey, we need you to put a, a mustache and a bald cap on Charlie Sheen. And you're like, okay, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll do it. <laughs> that is so hilarious. I didn't know what I was doing. I went to party city I picked up a Halloween mustache and I showed up to work the next day. I was like, hi, Charlie, I'm Alex. I'm putting this mustache on you. Stay still. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you have any crazy stories from working with him? Cause he is quite the character. I mean, <laughs> I actually really like him a lot. He seems like he would be probably cool behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the things you read in the media are not great right? and me and him could not be any more opposite. I, I this guy likes to stay out until 5 a.m. I'm in bed by 9 p.m. Yes. You know, I like to drink tea. He likes to drink alcohol. Yeah. Like it's two completely, totally different people. But when we did work together, we had a really good time. He's actually very intelligent. Mm -hmm. Um, He showed up on time where a lot of talent will, you know, kind of take their time. It's all about them. And, you know, he, he was very attentive to everyone on set, knew everyone's names, was very nice to the lighting crew and the behind the scene people, which I think is really important because these are all the people that are making you look good. So it's important to treat everyone with respect, which he did. That's amazing. Um, and then there was another time he had called me and he was like, I, can you come do my makeup and then come to this event? It's for uh, a baseball event, the golden glove awards. And this is a pretty funny story. So I show up and it's at the Plaza hotel and I was like, Oh wait, weren't you kicked out of the Plaza? Like, aren't you banned from the Plaza from locking a prostitute in the closet or something? So I like definitely texted my mom. I was like, FYI, I'm going to the Plaza to do Charlie's makeup. This is the hotel room. Um, if I don't text you in like 15 minutes, you, you, know, you, you know where I am. Yeah. So everything was fine. Oh my God, it worked out. <laughs> so we, we go and I get him ready and we go to the event and it's me, him, I believe and his man, his manager was with us too. And he's like, I'm so excited. We're presenting an award tonight to this guy. He, he's my favorite baseball player for the Giants. No, that's football. We don't know. I don't know the teams. Giants, Yankees. Oh my God. I really should know this. I grew up playing softball. I love uh, the Yankees. Oh, um, the, the Yankees. No, it wasn't the Yankees. It was a San Francisco. Giants. Well, it is the Giants. Yeah, it is the Giants. Oh, I was right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So it's the Giants. Right. We'll fact check that. Yeah. After. Um, so he's like my favorite baseball player from San Francisco. I'm presenting an award to him. His name's Joe Panic, And we're in the car and I'm like, I know Joe Panic. I was like, I went to high school with Joe Panic. Oh my God. He's like, no, you didn't. You live in Fishkill, New York. This guy's from California. I was like, no, I remember there was a Joe Panic in my high school. Everyone was pretty friendly with him and he was a baseball player. And I think he like, I remember hearing he like grew up to be a famous baseball player. 
So I pull him up on Facebook. I'm like, yeah, we got 356 mutual friends. This is him. And Charlie's like, there's no way that you know this guy. Yeah. I was like, I do. And he's like, I'm presenting him the Golden Glove Award. I was like, no way. This is so what crazy. So he's like, if you really know him, he's like, introduce me to him afterwards. I said, okay. You're like, so I do. So Charlie gave him the the award. He's prompted to sit back down. Now I go behind the, the scenes because, you know, they're talking all about right. the, to ESPN and all the cameras. And I'm like, hey, Joe. And he's like, the heck are you doing here? I was like, it's really weird. I'm here with Charlie. I'm his makeup artist tonight and blah, blah, blah. So he's like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Wow. What? Like, how is this happening? So I was like, Charlie actually wants to meet you. I'm like, can you just like stay here? He's like, yes. He's like, but my fiance's here and she would love to see you. So let me text her because I went to high school with her too. Oh my gosh. She's, she's like, here we all are. Here we all are. So she's friends with one of my best friend's sisters. It was just such a it's small a world. Of friendship. So Charlie comes backstage and he's like, how do you two know each other? He's like, what do you guys drink in this water and fish kill? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay. It cool. was just so funny. But I feel like when synchronicities happen like that you just know you're on the right path yeah, like this is a sign how does it happen like how does charlie sheen know my friend from high school it's so crazy and it's presenting to him not it the was, other way around exactly like that's crazy it was really interesting well i hope you guys are loving alex's story and that is just part one part two is going to come out next week and we're going to hear a little bit more about today and what she's doing working with different brands and makeup artists and how she got there, what's been her favorite campaign, what she loves about beauty. And she even gives us some tips and tricks and common beauty, uh, I don't want to call them mistakes, but I guess faux pas that we should avoid. So stay tuned for next week. I hope you guys are loving the new In My Non-Expert Opinion, which was formerly Oh My Pod. And stay tuned for Alex Gill's part two next week. You can follow her at Alex Gill on Instagram, and I'll link that in show notes. And you can follow me at Chelsea Rife, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, R-I-F-F-E on Instagram. And don't forget, I want to start a new segment where I can answer your different questions or advice or just hear more about different topics you want to cover at hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. That is hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. And we'll see you guys next week. 